It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, March 6th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is extremely happy for Scott Lawton getting that goal in his 500th game. Yeah, well-earned. Uh, he's He's been around a long time. It's nice to see. Exactly. We're going to get into the Flyers' win against Detroit. We're going to talk about shifting goals for the team now that trade deadline is passed. And of course, it's Monday, so we will have our Nemesis of the Week. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnFlyers. That is where we post the latest about our episodes and Flyers news. You can email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. We will be having a mailbag this week, so get those Flyers questions in. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. So, Russ, I think, you know, now that the dust is sort of settled a little bit from the trade deadline drama. I mean, we're still going to feel the effects. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, we've still got some games to play for this season and the flyers got a win against Detroit who had also been sort of last minute sellers at the trade deadline. And I think the, you know, the story of this game was, you know, one new guy and the return of an old guy or a younger old guy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so we had an 11-7 lineup again with the return of Tanner Lazinski taking the Patrick Brown slot, as mm -hmm. we talked about last week, and uh, the first game with Brendan Lemieux in the lineup. So a lot to unpack there. Um, I still don't believe in the 11-7. The 11-7 is dumb. Uh, it's taken away development time away from a young player and putting an old Justin Braun in. If, if this is progress, then... I don't, I don't understand what progress is. Uh, Lusinski, I thought, had a good game. Like, he, he looked good. Um, yeah, he's not in shape. I mean, Tort said that after. Uh, obviously, he hasn't played since December 5th. So, right. like, I get it. He'll get in shape, but he, he looked good. He had some chances, a couple scoring chances. So I, I, I liked what I saw out of that. Um, as far as, you know, Brennan Lemieux, I would have zero interest in signing him for next year. Sure, he made some plays, whatever. This is a bad team with a with a guy who has a bad temper. And again, I know the the thought will be, well, we could sign him to a one year deal for like one point two million. And it's like, yeah, how many of these guys do you want? Like that's you have to get away from this. You're not gonna. I mean, again, unless you look, Brendan Lemieux is fine if you're a last place team and those are your aspirations. So if that's the case then I get it. If it's not, then yeah, whatever. He's going to be on his best behavior. Uh, you don't want him on a team with Tony D'Angelo. Trust me. I saw that with the Rangers. It was bad news. No. Uh, you don't want any of that. So what you're going to see in this 19 games is the guy on his best behavior trying to keep his NHL career going. And look, I'll talk about the play on the ice. That's fine. But I would have no interest in signing him. 
Yeah, there's a very good reason why the LA Kings, you know, wanted to throw him in Correct. in this deal for Zach McEwen when the Flyers really only asked for that fifth round draft pick and right. the Kings said, no, take Brendan Lemieux too. Right. Like there has to be a good reason for it. So uh, I, I'm absolutely with you there. But, you know, yeah, let him have his little audition yeah. for playing time, whether, you know, he's trying to impress the Flyers or he's trying to impress other teams around Correct. the league to try and get another one-year deal next year. That's, you know, that's fine for him. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with him having the ability to be able to do that. But I also think you're right about Tanner Lazinski. He definitely was like a little gassed there by the end of the game, sure. but he had some good moments and I look really look forward to seeing what he can do. But I also think that he needs to have like a real line, I know. like a, a real fourth line. If he's going to be that center, I want to give him the opportunity to have consistent line mates. And, you know, one of the guys that we really didn't talk about the effects of trade deadline on last week was Kiefer Bellows. And, you know, they kept him up. He's not allowed to go back down to the Phantoms at this point for the right. remainder of that season. So to have him sit in the press box when you could have like a, a regular lineup out there and give him a chance to at least create some potential opportunities with other teams. Again, just like Brendan Lemieux. They don't care. Like, do Torch doesn't care. Do the kid a solid. I he know. He doesn't it's, care. It's, he, he likes Justin Braun. He's forcing him into the lineup. Like that's what he's doing. Yeah, and it could be that they feel bad that they couldn't trade Justin Braun at trade deadline, and so they want to put him in games, but... I'm not even going to go there. Like, again, all of the <laughs> damage control that's trying to go on from trade deadline, I, I'm i bristling on that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little frustrating all around, <laughs> I would say. Um, as far as like more into the game itself, I think that, you know, there was a little bit of added energy there. Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's a little bit of, okay, like everybody is dogging on us because of what management could or could not do. Mm -hmm. So we're going to play with a little extra pep today. And I, I absolutely felt that in this one. Mm -hmm. They need to have more finish. We've been talking about that you know, throughout the season, but I think there was a lot of like excellent chances taken. I think they had um, a lot better quality shots in this game than they normally have had in, in a game like this mm -hmm. earlier in the season. And so, you know, there certainly was some good to it there. Yeah, no question. There was definitely some good. So, you know, let's, let's talk a minute though about the handling of Owen Tippett. So I don't understand when, why John Tortorella has decided to open the floodgates on minutes and, and just bog the player down on minutes, 24 minutes, 27 minutes. You know, I heard on the broadcast, he doesn't even seem to be getting tired. Um, you keep giving him 27 minutes. He'll be tired in another game or two. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense. I get that he was having some effectiveness out there. I, I went and started looking up real numbers after I heard on the broadcast, he might be a 35 goal scorer someday. So right now, He's not even in like the top 40 for shooting percentage. He's at like 11.5, something like that, uh, which is, you know, his best. But again, nowhere near any player that is, you know, considered a, a top scorer in the league or even close to that medium scorer in the league. And, and the part of that, that is um, those guys don't get 24 minutes, 27 minutes a game. They don't because they're not on teams that are willing to give them that. And 
you know, again, there'll be a day like we've talked about where they won't be doing that with Tippett either. So there's that. So then I looked at shots, actual shots. He's not even in the top 50. He's not, you know, he's not even there. So you can't score 35 goals if you're not in the top 50 in shots on, on goal. And he takes a lot of shots. Yes, we know that. But he's still right. not hitting the net on a lot of shots. So I understand it's it's fine to get fans excited about what he looks like because he looks better than last year. But he's also 24. So to say that he has this massive ceiling is not correct either. Uh, he is learning. So I think he learned something from last year. But I don't think, again, there's nothing to tell me that his shot has gotten any more accurate because it really hasn't. Uh, he has just applied himself a little bit more. But again, if you're going to play players, a player 24 minutes, 27 minutes a game, and you're not getting a goal every other game, then you're wasting those minutes. But the Flyers have those minutes to waste. So that's what, what I'm pointing out. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. And one thing that I noticed in this game in particular with Owen Tippett is that he's trying to split the difference a little bit between you know, taking the puck and speeding up the ice mm -hmm. that he can do very well. Mm -hmm. And then either trying to create a shot or waiting for his teammates to catch up who are always slower than him. Yeah. And so I think he's trying to do the waiting more to try and have more concrete plays, which may be something he's been coached to do. But I think that there's just this sort of split personality starting to mm -hmm to show a little bit along those lines. And to me, I think, you know, he should just take the shot. If, if they're, if his teammates yes, that's, aren't there. If you're a goal scorer, you take the shot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, unless he's really not seeing anything out there, um, he really needs to take the shot more often. And he has the moves to be able to cut inside. Right. Um, when he wants to, especially, you know, against a team like Detroit. Yeah. Whose defense um, is porous now. Whose defense. Exactly, exactly. So um, I would have liked to have seen that a little bit more rather than waiting for his teammates to create more of a set play. Yeah, and and, and one last thing to it, um, you know, even beyond the set play and all that, you know, defensively, he's still a minus 16. There are positive plus players on this team, and he is not one of them. But Torts is letting him slide on the occasional gaffes defensively because he's showing them all this other stuff. So again, you have to understand that the coach is allowing some of this like right now, the same way he was doing it with Konechny because he's desperate for offense. He basically, one of his quotes post game was we're four checking and it's still not leading to goals. And, yeah. and again, absolutely, this is going to be a battle between torts, whoever the next GM is, whether it's Chuck or somebody else. And, is this style of play going to make a team a winner in this era? Like all of it has to be looked at. Yeah. Well, Torres has a lot of work ahead of him for the remainder of this season to try and answer some questions. Uh, Chuck Fletcher also actually showed up at a season ticket holder mm -hmm. meeting on Saturday. So we're going to talk about those two things and how they might overlap a, a little bit coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one scoop of delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, 
whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million pills and vitamins to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Russ. So, you know, aside from that, that game we had on Sunday uh, in the aftermath of the trade deadline inactivity, uh, the Flyers had a scheduled season ticket holder town hall on Saturday, which unfortunately I could not attend. Um, Yeah, I have uh, my parents are season ticket holders and have access to those events, and I've I've gone to them before. But uh, you know, my mom reported back to me on it. Of course, she's always so nice about these friend things. of the show and friend of the show, mom. Um, <laughs> you know, they apparently the gist of it was repeating what he said at the presser. Essentially, you know that. You know, there were some improvements this season or there have been not as many clunker games as there were last year. He did everything he could at trade deadline. But if you don't have willing partners, no, like you can't make the deals. And, um, you know, th- there were a lot more like direct questions. And and as a side note, this is the forum for that. A season ticket holder event is where like if you are upset and you want to say something to the GM, this is where you say right. it. Like because it's a different framework than the media. Well, I guess. And so if you say, you know, like, do you think you're the the guy to do this? And how would you grade yourself? And, and all of that, that's a good thing for season ticket holders to directly challenge management at, at these sorts of events. Yeah. So, all right. So first thing is we have to mention that Chuck Fletcher got booed. He did. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody's surprised at that. Was Dave Scott there? You know, I don't yeah. know that. Somebody um, asked I know Danny Breyer was there. Yeah, somebody asked me online if they thought he would be there, and I said, no, I don't think he would be there. So it didn't sound like he was there. Um, okay. So with Chuck Fletcher, uh, if people want to go listen to Off the Post, we spoke to Kevin Allen, and he talked about the Red Wings situation with the Flyers. And, um, you know, one little thing I'll reveal from that is Chuck didn't even have to retain on that deal to make that deal. They were willing to take the salary whole. It was just a matter of what the offer was. So um, again, you do have to wonder what the offer was. You do have to wonder why things happened so late in the day. You do have to wonder why uh, things weren't put in place a week or two weeks before. You do have to wonder why finding a team to take it whole was going to be hard. So why didn't you have a willing third partner already lined up? So this way, when you called the team you already knew what the third partner was looking for and you needed you could get this deal done quickly i don't think any of those things were done rachel they weren't talked about so i have to believe they weren't done so 
you know, again, this is a day where if you show up for, you know, work that day and you're making calls, why do players have, what, why were players not wanted? Players were not wanted because of term and AAV. I tweeted about that a day or two before the deadline. Well, how did that get that way? Because of Chuck Fletcher. And also the organization signed off on that. So again, they kind of made their own bed with that. So, you know, you can't expect teams to, you know, just jump at these guys under those circumstances. So, um, like I said, go listen to the show. You can hear it from the Detroit side of things. Uh, It doesn't matter to me that Chuck Fletcher showed up and did what he was supposed to do and it just didn't work out. Again, this is a results-based business. doesn't matter that he's a nice guy. Yep. None of this matters. The results are failing. They're failing in a lot more areas than just the trade deadline. And that's what I think the organization has to come to grips with. Um, and I also think that messaging is still really important. So it was nice that John Tortorella sent out those letters, you know, this year. Right. But once he backed Chuck Fletcher the other day, fans did not want to hear it. It was yeah, not a good, it's absolutely true. It's not a good day to back them. It wasn't. Right. And, you know, a direct quote from my mother's text to me during the town hall, Chuck, we need a change in attitude. It's going to take time. Mom, LOL. <laughs> like it's, and he's, and he says, I understand your frustration and your anger. And it's like the frustration and anger wouldn't be there if, if we could see the results of progress, like understanding that things take time is separate from seeing incremental results. Or just and if, that's, if they had a plan yeah. that was started a year ago and they're coming back on stage and saying, all right, look, we're in stage, look, whatever we got of a from, plan. Yeah. Right. We got from point A to point Correct. B to point C. We got to get to point right. Z, but look at this. Here's, here's but, the progress. But the fans don't even have result. a roadmap because, you know, no. everything keeps changing. No. So, that's the frustrating part for fans. And I get it. Like, I hear it. I see it. I, you have no idea how many messages and, you know, DMs and everything I got on trade deadline day. It was incredible. And it was not only from, from fans. It was from other media members. It was from a lot of different people. Everybody's yeah. watching Philly and everybody's watching it fail. Yeah, it's extraordinary. And, and you look at some outside perspectives on it. Like you said, you know, from national media, um, you know, some of the media in Toronto who are sort of at the hub of mm-hmm. hockey media and they're they're scratching their heads. They're all scratching their heads, wondering either A, what it'll take for the Flyers to get out of this or B, why does Chuck Fletcher still have a job? Like those are the two main questions being asked and they're good ones. And I, I think that it's going to be an interesting few months for the team ahead. That's for sure. And I think that, you know, at least from an outside perspective, if I'm management right now, I have to highlight some guys. Now we talked about Owen Tippett and giving him too many minutes. I think they need to spread that out among several different guys. And, and that's the main goal, right? Is, is getting the, the assets you think, because, you know, at the beginning of the season, we said, oh, we need to evaluate talent for this year so that we know what to do in the offseason. Right. We already know the answer to most of those questions. Now it's taking those guys that you've narrowed it down to that you're like, yes, we want to keep these guys. You highlight them to their strengths 
and you put them in some challenging situations gameplay wise to see how they react and you just fine tune your evaluation of these guys. Like they've so gone a whole season without, you can't even tell me one line combination that was like played most mm-hmm. of the year. You can't. Right. And, and that's, that's like, you know, part of that is putting together lines of guys who you think you're going to keep and keeping those people together right. and seeing what chemistry you can build. That's a huge part of it as well. And none of that has been built. Honestly, it really hasn't. Yes. The team plays harder. Yes. They can do some things right. Like they did yesterday, but you can get any group of guys to play harder. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and Torts has done that. And, but again, we don't have line combinations. Um, Yes, there's shorthanded goals happening, but the Flyers are still like 20. They, they've slipped to like 24th in the penalty kill. So even that is a, uh, a, a weird situation. That The power play is still awful, by the way. And yeah. again, that's why yeah, I tell people it's not. A, nobody scored a power play goal in yesterday's no, game on either team. No, but, but that's why I'm telling you it's not just a talent thing on the power play. It's a strategy thing because they've had guys go in and out of that power play with talent, without talent, whatever, whatever you want to say. So many different combinations. It still stinks. It has stunk all year. And again, a lot of times these things aren't even being talked about. So that's something where, again, in the last 19 games, again, one of the evaluations that has to go on is also the coaching staff. And that doesn't get talked about at all. Well, we, yeah, I mean, we have been talking about, you know, taking a hard look at Rocky Thompson and the job that he's done and say, is this somebody you want to keep in this coaching group for the next year? You know, and, and I think that one of the things that could be done is to put some more different looks on the power play. Now putting Risto net front is a choice, but no, but um, this is I don't think old... that's not a long, that's not a long-term solution. It's not any solution. This is something that Torts has yeah. done in the past. He's found like the biggest guy in the team that has decent hands and said, you go in front of the net. And I've seen it fail so many times, so many times. There, there's going to be a lot to talk about in really thinking about what this team should be doing in, you know, the next several months and who should be making those decisions. But uh, in the meantime, we've got a week ahead of a bunch of really, I think, difficult opponents that we can maybe get some of the answers for. And we're going to talk about that uh, with our nemesis of the week next. But today's episode is brought to you by. Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you gotta try a Built Bar. My goal has been to eat a little healthier this year, but I don't want to compromise on taste, and Built Bar is just the right thing. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. And what makes them so good? Well, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. And what's even better is that they only have 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. 
And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hip flavors, brownie, batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Russ, obviously our nemesis last week was the trade deadline and uh, appropriately so. And it turned out to be a worthy foe in our uh, battle to try and get the Flyers back to some semblance of success. And I think, you know, for me this week is kind of letting that dust settle like we've been talking about and figuring out, okay, what does the rest of the season look like and what should it look like in terms of like all those things we just talked about in terms of highlighting the right players, putting the players in the right situations, trying to get some lines with chemistry that maybe you want to keep for, for next year and, you know, and doing all of those little things to ride out the rest of the season to put yourself in the best position for the offseason. I'll tell you what's frustrating for me. Uh, the nemesis is still these um, medical updates. Um, so the the time frame for Travis Konechny is, hey, he's out for a while. How does that help fans, honestly? How does that help them connect with the team, know what's going on? Maybe they want to see him one more time this year. Do they think they can do it? Um, you know, Sean Couturier, oh, he's doing great. He's skating. Uh, but what happened to the March? He was coming back in March. Uh, uh, well, you know. I mean, all of this. It's like players don't know who's going to be in the lineup half the time now, especially after somebody gets hurt. So I think that's the most uh, – I think that's the big nemesis for the rest of the year because I think it's going to get worse as far as reporting on that. Yeah, I, I do think there has to be some slight changes. And this is not like the the media team or like no. PR team. It's no, not no, no, on no. them. It's management in terms of what they're they're saying should be revealed, right? right? And how they're answering questions. I just want to make that clear. Yes. Uh, but it's it has been very frustrating, I think, across the board. Um, and I think that frankly, in this off season, you know, we saw a, a new medical team come in. I think we're owed a status report on that new team and how the, it, the, you know, onboarding process went with them mm -hmm. and, and have, you know, have them talk directly and say, this is, you know, what the team looks like. This is like what now. we found. This is, this is what we're working what, on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's nothing you to know, show confidence. Right. right and so I, I, I would really hope that it, at the very least, at the end of the season, we get a full kind of report from them and what has been going on behind the scenes. Like, I, I think it's fair to some degree because the, a new guy comes in, you want to really get the lay of the land and do some research into what's been happening. Um, and you don't want to make that public along the way until you really go through it. So I can understand that. But um, I, I do think we're owed some answers in this offseason. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Again, it's not only to write about, report about, but it's also for fans who are trying to follow the team, and it's hard to follow when, you know, you get mm -hmm. these kinds of reports. Exactly. And you only get them, like, really, as an example, like with Sean Couturier, we got it at the trade deadline from Chuck, and that was, and it took two months for that report, and it was no clearer than when he said it two months ago. All right. Well, we've got a long road ahead and a, a difficult road ahead this week facing the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Canes and the Pens. Now, 
uh, tomorrow we are going to do our weekly phantoms check-in. Some interesting things going on there as they really get hot and heavy into the playoff push for them. Um, we also have a game against Tampa to preview. They got absolutely toasted by Destroyed. the Kings on on Sunday. So I'm sure they're going to be looking to rebound uh, oh, yeah. and uh, against the Flyers may not be um, ideal for the Flyers, but uh, it should be a good game nonetheless. And we'll preview that tomorrow. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen today. Now make your second listen Game to Game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's on the Locked On NHL feed wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.